Welcome to Campfire Football. I'm Sebastian North. This is episode 47, the women's football tidal wave. So it's March 29th. Um, and uh, look, over the last couple weeks, there were a few different articles, different stories that came out that had to do with women's football. And look, it's not that I just love to jump on this to just ram it down people's faces that women's football is growing but the reality is every single time someone comes up writes something talks about a growth talks about a groundbreaking moment you get an enormous amount of dudes kind of shamefully come out and just say who cares and and just rag on the whole thing and guys i'm going to make it clear to you today for anyone who is disinterested in women's football or anyone massively interested in women's football I'm going to go ahead and confirm to you that this is growing, it's exploding, and if you hope that it stops or slows down or you hope that no one cares, that's not that's not the way it's going to pan out. If you're excited for the growth of it, I would say get involved as quick as possible because you're going to be on a ride that's going to go somewhere where there's enormous amounts of money, investment, and positivity and optimism going into it. Those of you guys who are super pessimistic about this, it's not going to work out that well in your favor. Okay, I'm just going to lay it all out for you if I can. Don't want to take too long. And it really, the, the thing is, every single thing I'm going to talk about, you could go way deeper. I mean, we could go, I could do a single episode of 20, 30 minutes on each one of the topics. But I'm not going to do that because also I feel it's good for any of you listening to go and do your own research, um, to not just rely on someone saying something on a podcast and say, well, they told me this. I went and did my own little research, but... I think it's important that all of us do our own as well. And that also includes some soul searching and just some basic logical understanding of the way history works and how these things tend to go, okay? So first of all, a couple weeks ago, Football 365's John Nicholson, he wrote an article titled, Football is the Perfect Place to Start with Sexism. And Look, just like any kind of art or, or sport or venue that brings people together, of all kinds, it's just the most ideal place to deal with discrimination, deal with any kind of you know bigotry or anything that's going on that keeps people from getting opportunities. We've seen it in all the arts. It's happened for ages and in sport as well, right? I mean, you think in the U.S. there's been multiple – every single sport has had its first black athlete, you know? And, and, and those are groundbreaking people making groundbreaking moments at a time when – no one liked it. And guess what? We're kind of experiencing that here. He writes an article about this and states basically the obvious points, differences that men and women live in society that aren't really fair, obviously. The basic, simple one, walking home from wherever at night, being out on the streets by yourself, like it, it, just the general levels of danger that men feel versus women, not the same, right? You know, noted as well that Emma Hayes and Casey Stoney, when they were uh, thought of for the next Wimbledon AFC boss on the men's side, they both were like, no, that's League Two. We are coaching the top level. Why would we want to do that? Here's actually Emma Hayes' statement when that whole story came out. I just don't know why anybody would ever think women's football is a step down and coaching World Cup Cup champions, winners, you know, uh, players who have represented their country in the Olympics or 
Uh, European Championship is a step down from anything. I think the football world needs to wake up and recognise that women, um, while the game is played by a different gender, is exactly the same sport. And the qualities involved with having to manage that is exactly the same than it would be for a men's team. We're talking about human beings here. We're not, but I think, unfortunately, the football world needs to live by its promises and live by the diversity codes and be in a position where they're promoting opportunities for the less privileged. And that, for me, is what I'd like to say. This is not about Emma Hayes and AFC Wimbledon. This is about the football world being in a position where it's a normal conversation to talk about having coaches from Asian backgrounds, from black backgrounds, from as women... Uh, in dressing rooms, not like as an exception to the rule, but as something that's normal. Like that process needs to begin and hopefully, you know, that affirmative action is something that can be enforced because there's so many quality candidates that can do the job uh, across the men's game. I think we spend too much time talking about gender and ethnicity instead of quality of candidates. One thing you need to understand, these women are not looking for handouts. They're not looking for opportunities that they don't feel they merit. They're all about merit. These are pros, right? These are hardworking women who want to make it and, and break ground. They don't want opportunities passed over to them. They want their work to be legitimate. And so why are we trying to get in their way here? The, the amazing thing at the end of this article, after that, because it was that video I took the audio clip from, at the end... I looked down at the comment section, which you probably think I shouldn't do. Don't worry. I don't get involved in these scraps. I don't go and add my opinion because it's, it is futile. It, 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 it never works. And, and you're just going to get yourself in a battle with someone who's like talking to a wall, honestly. And, and I saw this repeatedly. The amount of get back in the kitchen comments, the amount of just like deriding the whole entire idea of women's football, the idea that – and then people went further. I saw one – statistic that a guy put up he said seven uh murder victims in 10 are men it's like okay and then another guy responded well what percentage of those are carried out by men and then the guy was like i don't think you understand the statistic i just said and then the guy said yeah but how many men are killed by men obviously not women right and the, the back and forth went until like a bunch of bros came in and basically just laughed off the dude who was saying this very obvious point, well, how many of these murders are carried out by men? Pro probably all of them, the vast majority, like 99.9%. And these bros, they just went in and just laughed the guy off. It was just kind of sad because they just could not understand the point he was trying to make. They literally would not sink in. And this is why women have come up with the term mansplaining because when you're just trying to make a point over and over and you just don't see the other side, that's what that's all about. Further evidence of this, Joe Cole went ahead and posted a little thing about how the Man United and Spurs women played a game at Old Trafford. Groundbreaking moment. The deluge of who cares comments just went in. Now, look, whether or not people care or not, that that's not the point. The point that I think is important is you guys who went up and said, who cares? Do you actually jump in and say, who cares? on every single post someone makes that you're not that interested in? No, you don't. Why is it that you're so triggered? Why do you feel this deep need 
to deride any news about women's football. Why? What's the point? Like, what do you get out of it? What do you get out of it? You get a laugh. You make It makes yourself feel, you're like, oh, funny. I just said something other dudes are going to think is funny. Okay, just stop for one second. Have you shown a woman in your life, mom, sister, girlfriend, wife, I don't know, daughter, whatever? This is what I post when people say things about women's football. What do you think? Look, I don't know what your family's like. I don't know what your circle of friends and the women around you are like, but I doubt they would think that that's, doubt very many of them would be like, yeah, totally, you're right. Some may be like, yeah, who cares about women's football? But you wouldn't proudly go and volunteer the fact that you just love to trash it whenever you have the opportunity to do so. You wouldn't do it. You're hiding behind this veneer online and just like trolling in a comment section. It does nothing. Um... You know, the amount of comments that are like, go back to the kitchen and do the laundry. It's like, guys, that is the lowest hanging fruit you can. It's the just the lowest joke you can do. And it's it's historically done. Like, move forward. Come on, guys. Like, Emma Hayes said it. Wake up. Rest world needs to wake up. It, it's, it's coming. So this also reminds me of just a historical thing that's true, is that it, 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 there have been... People of all varieties throughout human civilization who have been basically cast aside. I mean, you know, we can go back to people who were left-handed were sometimes boiled alive because, you know, people thought they were witches or things. I mean, like, think about that, right? And then over time, right, people who are little people, people who are, you know, I mean, in the United States over the last decade, people who are gay are allowed to get married. Awesome, you know? These are... Basically, we are over time, over our civilization, every single group of people is gaining equal rights. If you have a problem with that, uh, first of all, I don't want to know what's going on in your mind. I hope you try to figure that out yourself. But the reality is I'm not too worried about what you think because history tells me that we're going to move this way. And you can either get on the train or be on the wrong side of history. It's up to you. So, look, let me give you some facts and some current events that are going to prove what I'm talking about. This is going somewhere. The tidal wave is coming. Get your surfboards out or else you're going to get or else you're going to need to swim really well or you're going to drown. So, look, here's a few things that I think are really very important. First of all, the WUSL in England. Profiles risen a lot. I don't think very many people fully are aware of just how far things have gone in such a short time. A few years ago, I think it was three, four years ago, Man United did not have a women's team set up. They created one, massively invested in it. They started in the second tier, promoted in their first season, and right now are third in the league. Kristen Press plays for them. Tobin Heath plays for them. An enormous amount of really talented young English players play for them, also foreign stars. Um, it, 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 They've done this in an extremely short time. How? By just pumping some money into it. That's it. And you know what's happened? They've seen a return. Okay? Here's the return they've seen. The WSL just confirmed a 24 million pound deal over three years with Sky and BBC. Now, if you're one of those guys that goes, that's nothing. That's, that's, it's a huge amount of money for how much has already been invested in the amount that they currently have. It's going to make giant steps. With that money, they can invest in new club infrastructure, which will help every single part of their ladder, 
okay, all the way from the way you develop your youth academy to how you handle your pitches, um, all the way to marketing, ability to pay players well, take care of them, have a medical team that can keep players fit and turn them actually into pros. All of this is stuff that you get with these injections of money, right? And it's 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 becoming bigger and bigger and coming more and more. They're going to invest a lot into women's refereeing as well, which I'll get to in a second. In the NWUSL in the United States, this league has already been going for a good while, but there there have been some trials and errors in the United States. So initially, a women's te- team, a women's league, was brought here and almost entirely folded. Right, and we've had to start again. But what people are learning is that it's actually far more possible. If you just invest in getting it on TV and getting it to where people can see it, streaming has made this a lot easier now, obviously. But the NWSL actually signed a, a deal with CBS in March 2020 during COVID. I mean, they signed the deal, the lockdown starts, and, you know, here they are playing, uh, you know, w- with a season that's set up. And the deal was. Pretty impressive. It's with CBS and Amazon's streaming platform, Twitch. So they had a lot of games available. 14 were on CBS's sports network, which means you can turn them on like literally on TV, on cable. And then 71 games were on CBS All Access on their streaming platform. And then 24 games were on Twitch. That's an enormous amount of women's football that wasn't happening the year before. Another example, Mexico made Monday night their women's football night. So that is the night where Liga MX Femenil is being played and televised. Very, very easy for viewers to see it. The exposure is what makes a massive difference. If you can just, every Monday night, if you're a young Mexican girl who loves football and every Monday you can just go and watch your favorite players, that's very different to what it was 10 years ago, five years ago, three years ago. If you don't understand the fact that this wave generates out of excitement and groundswells from the grassroots levels, you don't understand how movements work. And that's why this is already happening. And anyone trying to stand in the way, like I said, is going to just end up left behind. I said, I mentioned referees. Stéphanie Frappard, if you don't know who she is, she is a 37-year-old French referee, woman who has now been breaking ground all over the place. First woman to referee a men's Ligue 1 match, a Champions League game, and just recently the World Cup qualifier between Holland and Latvia. Um, most Premier League watchers have seen Sean Masielis, probably one of the best assistant referees in the Premier League. I'd see her make almost no mistakes. Um, that's, that's big for female officials who are out there who see, and they're like, well, I could, I could actually ref in the men's game and watch the way Melanie Frappard refs. She's not disrespected repeatedly by the men. Matter of fact, I'd say she commands more respect of games than an enormous amount of refs do. The games that she referees are in far better control than what I see from John Moss. (laughs) You know what I mean? So maybe something to keep in mind. And this is happening more and more. Guess who's in charge of scheduling referees? Pierre Luigi Colina. Yeah, he's the one who assigns these female referees to games. So if you've got an issue with the fact that these women are refing at these games, you've got a problem with probably the goat of refereeing. All right? So, again, don't get in the way. Like, the top, top people believe in this. 
And if you don't believe me there, then here's where the money really comes in. Because this is the thing that everyone says, oh, yeah, 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 it's just people trying to be woke. Everyone's like, no, we need to cram women's football down people's throats and then people will like it and then it'll be a viable product. Well, if that's your point of view, you are completely at odds with the people who actually are investing and putting the money into this. There's owners and investors who they have huge fortunes and they're jumping in. Why? It's not for charity. I can tell you that much. They're not just like, oh, women's football, it seems like a really good way for us to make our brand look better. There is an element of that to all kinds of brand making. But they're putting the amount of money in that they are because it's a product that has massive potential. Roman Abramovich. Not sure if you've heard of that guy. Maybe you have. I don't know. Yeah. Owner of Chelsea. Billionaire. Here's a quote from him. Chelsea is not just the men's first team. Chelsea is a community. It's the women's team. It's the youth teams. It's the academy. It's support for former players of the club. I see no reason why clubs shouldn't support women's football and provide the best possible opportunity for them to succeed. For me, this is both about the principle, but also women's football has huge potential. If women's football received the same level as support as men's football, the sport would obviously be equally successful on a business level. And I think investment pays off. And I think their success demonstrates what can be achieved when you dedicate resources and the right leadership. Now, that is a quote by Roman Abramovich, okay? Some key things he mentioned in there, the same level as, of, as support. Support does not just mean the same exact level of money. He's not pumping in the exact same level of cash into women's team transfers as he is into the men's, right? No, but it's the same level of support. It's we're giving you quality medical. We're giving you the best training facility, you know, that we have. And we're going to continue to invest in making all these things better. We're going to make sure that our social media platforms really show you. We're going to make sure that we can televise as many of your games as possible. That is support. The men get that support. Give that support to the women. It doesn't mean that the money needs to be equal. But it will get there over time if you lend the right support. And if you dedicate the resources and, again, the right leadership. A lot of these situations, a lot of clubs that have come out, they have had poor leaders. They've had people who come in and go, women's soccer, who can we market this to? Well, we got to market to the family. It's got to be to the family, right? It's not to, it's not to adults. It's to the family. Well, and then they, they screw it up. They try different things that they don't know football and they mess it up. Well, you want to see another example of serious investment Angel City FC, this is going to be the NWSL team based in Los Angeles. Uh, if you think that no one cares about women's football, check out this list of investors. I mean, really, go online and take a look. The amount of venture capitalists, investors, and Hollywood A-listers who have gotten involved in this. The found, One of the co-founders of Reddit, uh, United States Women's National Team Past Legends. I mean, go look at the list of names. It's pretty wild. I mean, you got Natalie Portman, Eva Longoria, Jessica Chastain. You've got Mia Hamm. You've got, like I said, co-founder of Reddit, um, Alexis Oanian. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. He said something similar. He basically said that the MLS is not as much worth investing in as the NWSL. He says that the money going into the NWSL, that's where you're going to see your best return. Again, this is a multimillionaire who is like, yeah, there's a huge opportunity here. And do you think all these Hollywood A-listers and massive venture capitalists, again, would get involved if they didn't think that this would make money? 
If so, you're crazy. Wealthy people don't operate like that. Yes, they do charity and things like that for tax breaks to make themselves look good. But you don't sink this kind of money and resources and time into something if you don't think that it's going to earn you something down the line. So for all of you bros out there managing your little tiny podcast like me here and you just think, oh, well, no one cares about women's football. Bro, you've got like 150 followers on Instagram. How many listens do you consistently get? And you're saying that no one cares about them? I don't think many care about you. And... What we have to understand is that this is a massive growing thing in all corners of how women are going to be involved in this. If you haven't heard of Ida Boots, that's an interesting one. Laura Youngston, she founded this uh, a boot designed specifically for women's feet, women's bodies. There's a lot of ACL, ankle injuries. It's, it's highly documented that women suffer these a lot more than men. What's the reason? We don't know. We're doing research. Uh, warm-up methods have been tried. A lot of different things are being looked at. Footwear is one that's worth looking at as well. And if that can make a difference, great. Funny thing is, there was an article about Ida's football boots on ESPN. I saw it, thought it was pretty interesting. Took the email, sent it to the families of both of the girls' teams that I coach. These are U14 and U15 girls. By the following week, this is 34 families I sent the email to. By the following week, there's already one girl who had bought the cleats. These are $250 from Australia, but she, you know, and I received a bunch of parents sending emails back being like, man, this is really, really fascinating. There needs to be more of this. Some of the girls themselves were like, I didn't realize that it was that bad, but it's so impossible for me to shop for cleats. Like every time I go shopping for cleats, I cannot find stuff that really fits. The girls struggle with this enormously compared to the boys. The boys, they find a pair of shoes really quickly. It's a lot more difficult for the girls. So. Think about this. We know historically men have been designing women's products for ages from high heels to bras to even freaking tampons. Men have been designing tampons. A lot of that is changing. A lot of companies now, women entrepreneurs are coming out and making female products because, duh, they get it. They understand what the what the needs are. They understand what details need to go into the products for them to be what women actually want. I mean, it's kind of an amazing thing, right? So Lori Youngston, she starts this company. She's really excellent. I just want to also mention here and plug one of my past episodes, but she played in those Guinness World World Record games with um, Dina Rodman, uh, the one in Kilimanjaro where they played at the highest altitude and then the lowest altitude game in the Dead Sea. That whole story, if you want to know about it, check out my episode 11, Dina Rodman Saves the World. You get another understanding of just a whole well of women who are entrepreneurs who are just making stuff happen in football. And they've been doing it for a while, and now it's starting to really bear a lot of fruit for them. So, look, why does this matter, right? Um, it's, it's because we understand that once women are fully involved in the process of growing the products that they want, of being able to purchase and get involved in what they want, it, it, it can really dictate where society goes in terms of investment. We know full well that women, especially in, in the Western societies, have enormous amounts of spending power and influence. Huge. So if you think that women's football, no one cares because you don't, well, you're forgetting that there's a lot of women in this world, so there is a massive market. 
And if it's just because you want to see it fail, well, stop trolling. Just get out the way. If you don't really care, again, get out the way. But for anyone who's interested, for anyone who's already working in this and involved, I strongly recommend keep going, stay positive, don't get in arguments with the trolls. These people are just on the wrong side of history. They're already there and they're going to find out in due time. So look, I'm a coach. I coach two girls teams. I have a boys team as well, but I love coaching in the women's game. It's really fun. It's fun to watch it grow. It's fun to watch it change and explode and expand. And, And the players are great. They love this game. Who are you to tell them that no one cares about what they do? Well, you're you. But the reality is when I look around, I see this beautiful, beautiful movement happening where the game is just getting bigger. If you love football, how can you just dislike women's football? The more the merrier. The bigger the game gets, the better. That's the way I feel. And so I'm really excited for all these women that are doing these things, these entrepreneurs who are taking things to the next level, making things happen because what they're also doing is signaling to the girls that I'm coaching that this is possible. Who knows? Maybe I got a girl on my team who saw this whole thing about boots and was like, I really love shoes. She's got like 30 pairs of shoes. Maybe she's like, you know, I've wondered about the way they fit me and stuff. Who knows? This girl may be like wanting to go into that. And, 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 and maybe form her own company or start working for Adidas or Nike and be the head of their women's line. Who knows? But this is the stuff that's growing and opening up. And if you don't see that that's where it's going, you're still asleep. As Emma Hayes said, it's time for the world to wake up. Here comes women's football, boys. Like I said, the tidal wave is coming. Either get your boards out or sink. This is Campfire Football. Have a good one.